Good afternoon, everyone. Um, we are here to talk to you today about the perception of the Northern Lights by circumpolar people across the world. Um, and this is in the past and as well as in the modern day. We'll be discussing uh, what exactly the science is behind them and the influences that they've had on circum people across the world. I'm here today with my co-host. Hello, my name's Indora. I'm going to be discussing the North American circumpolar people and how they perceive the Northern Lights. Hello, my name is Max, and I'm going to be discussing about the Russian people and how they perceive the Northern Lights. Hello, my name is Dave, and I'll be talking about how European people perceive the Northern Lights. And then my name is Jonah, and I'll be discussing the science behind them. So what exactly are the Northern and Southern Lights? Well, the Northern Lights' official name is the Aurora Borealis, and the Southern Lights is the Aurora Australis. These are created by ionized particles hitting the atmosphere, and these particles can travel up to 45 million miles per hour, which is pretty fast. Um, that's, I believe, almost as fast as the speed of light. These particles are drawn towards the Earth's poles because Earth has a magnetic field around it. And then once these particles enter the atmosphere, they collide with oxygen and nitrogen. Depending on which uh, material they collide with, they can create different colors. For oxygen, it's green. Uh, for nitrogen, it can be blue, purple, or even pink. Uh, where they collide is in a part of the atmosphere called the ionosphere. It's about 37 to 190 miles above the Earth's surface. And when you see the aurora borealis, it's around 80 miles up, so it's pretty high up there. So where is the best place to see the northern lights? Well, the best place you can see the northern lights is in the Arctic Circle, because that is where the Earth's magnetic field is the weakest, at the magnetic poles in the north and south. However, it is possible to rarely see them below the Arctic Circle. It's almost completely impossible to predict when this will happen um, and it won't last as long the further south you get. But uh, extremely popular locations to see them are all of course in the Arctic Circle like Fairbanks, Alaska, Lapland, Finland, Orkney, Scotland, and Reykjavik, Iceland. I'm sorry if I said that wrong. Um, and so many more places but those are just a few off the top of my head. Yeah so you're talking about viewing them but where were the Northern Lights first recorded at? So, yeah, um, the earliest suspected mentioning of the Northern Lights is a 30,000-year-old cave painting in France. So, yeah, that's 30,000 years old. That's around, what, I want to say 28,000 B.C. And it's in France. It's called the Chavot Cave. And besides the paintings of the Northern Lights, there are many other paintings on the cave walls. However, they can't be sure that it's the Northern Lights due to the painting be being so old, and it might have been some ancient religion or something like that that they practiced back then. Um, another mention, very old ancient Chinese text written during the Zhu dynasty. So this was in the years 977 BC to 957 BC. So in that like 20 year range, uh, they held a record of the Northern Lights on these bamboo tablets that they would record stuff on. And so it's actually crazy because during the 10th century BC, the magnetic poles were like 15 degrees uh, rotated towards Eurasia. So that means that the North Pole was more orientated over Eurasia and therefore it was a lot easier to see the Northern Lights uh, in Southern Russia or Northern China, present day. Um, and again, there's many more records. The next one, I could just keep going on and on. But the one that I actually find the most fascinating is in the years 568 to 567 BC, um, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, well, King Nebuchadnezzar II of Babylon, uh, had his astronomers and his court record what they saw on a clay tablet. 
but they also recorded hearing like this strange sound, which back then there wasn't really a way to record. So many think that it was imagined or that it could have been something else, but they are not quite sure. Can we get a demonstration of the sound? Well, that's the thing is they don't they don't have one. Come because... on, try your best. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could, but I couldn't even begin to imagine. Um, so yeah, then the next uh, mentioning of it is actually the most famous probably one about the uh, Northern Lights, and that's by Galileo Galilei, the man who is famous for many things, but one of them is naming the Aurora Borealis. Uh, he named them after seeing them in 1619 on an expedition, and so the name Aurora is the Roman goddess name for dawn, and Boreas, which is the Greek word for north wind, is what he decided to name the Aurora Borealis. So that comes out to the dawn wind. And so this really, the naming Aurora Borealis began the worldwide fascination uh, that has lasted to this day. But the even more fascinating thing is how close uh, Galileo was to predicting um, what the northern lights were scientifically even though he wasn't quite there he believed that the aurora was sunlight reflected in the atmosphere however that turns out to not be the case even though it is particles from the sun i see it was close yeah yeah but um who figured out the science behind them uh so yeah the actual person who figured it out uh his name was christian berkland he was born in i believe it was finland um i might be incorrect on that and he was the first person to describe how these charged particles from the sun interact with the Earth's magnetism. And that creates, that collision creates the light that we know as the Aurora Borealis. But the crazier thing is, is that he basically ruined his entire life, whether it was his community, all the money that he spent, his health. Um, he ruined it all in pursuit of understanding what the Northern Lights were. And he went on many different expeditions uh, and truly makes you think like, if you found what your life goal is, like you're going to pursue it regardless of fame or wealth or family. Um, but today's day and age, he's known as the father of the Northern Lights. So that's a pretty flattering name, even though he wasn't the one who named them and wasn't the one to first see them. But again, he was the first one to understand exactly what they were. So it's a cool nickname nonetheless. But because of him... Really, we've been able to understand how to predict where the Northern Lights are going. And that kind of leads me to want to talk about what the modern influence, like as I hinted to, like there's kind of a craze about the Northern Lights, whether it be culturally or just want to uh, travel to see them. Uh, in the past, though, ancient cultures were amazed and in all, like I believe in North America, they thought that it was spirits playing soccer or not soccer but some kind of sport in the sky um and then in europe some of the vikings believed that it was like light reflecting off valkyrie armor uh but to hear more about that you'll be hearing my co-host later today uh but today the lights are one of the most famous attractions around the world i think pretty much everyone knows if you say either the words aurora borealis or northern lights anybody in the room will know what you're talking about usually it's like oh the bright green lights and like the snow-covered ground like immediately they'll think about that um but the crazy thing is how few people have actually seen them uh even though they're so popular 
they're incredibly hard to photograph or uh, take video of just because it's like a star. Have you guys ever tried to take pictures of stars in the sky before? Oh, yeah. The dim lighting's a killer to yeah. try to take a picture of yeah, that. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty much what it's like to take pictures or videos of it. So it takes a very specific type of exposure and camera to record them. Um, so what I was saying about people not being able to visit or not being capable of visiting is usually because it's so remote to get to that far north. I mean, we're talking inside the Arctic Circle, so the top of the world. And it, it can be extremely cold, which isn't comfortable for some people. Uh, but besides that, the lights are actually fairly common, surprisingly. Um, and the more you think about it, like, do you guys, if I told you that the lights occurred 24 hours a day, would you believe me? Probably. During some parts of the year, yeah, just because... Well, it, it's 24-7, and, 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 like, I didn't think about it. I thought it would be, like, certain, like, oh, what if it was just a solar storm and, like, or, like, some sci-fi crazy something like that. But apparently, it's constantly happening 24 hours a day because our sun is constantly shining on the planet and that those particles are constantly colliding in our atmosphere. So... The rare thing is when they become visible, when they reach into visible light for human eyes to see. And then they're also, you have to be in the right place at the exact right time, which I mean, thankfully is much easier these days. But if it was back like when they were first recorded, it had to be as lucky as like you could be like, it would be like winning the lottery because you had to know exactly where to be and what time to look up. So you talked about luck. Is there like calculations you can make now? Like I to believe like see so. I, I'm not exactly sure or familiar on the specifics of the calculations or anything like that. But I mean, you can look up northern light trackers and stuff like that and okay. where to best see them. Um, again, modern day, you know, we have everything easy, microwave society, whatever. <laughs> I love my microwave. <laughs> right. Um, so more presently, so more presently in American media, the lights have their own niche. They're like, so we've seen them in the movies like Brother Bear, although they have not been, or they were not filmed in Brother Bear, they were drawn, but you've also seen interpretations of them in popular movies like Thor. Like whether or not you knew it, the Bifrost is a representation of the Northern Lights. Um, they're also featured by National Ge Geographic and other nature-oriented media, so they are fairly common and popular, like I was saying. But to tell us more about the influence of Northern Lights on European circumpolar people is my co-host, DA. Hey guys, so I'll be talking about the mythology behind the Northern Lights by the European people. Northern Light by the Northern Light made by the Norse people. Those Norse old Norse people thought that the Northern Lights were the shield and armor of the Valkyries, who were the female figures who guided the warriors who died in the battle to Elhala. Some even thought that the auroras were the spirit of the dead and the brighter the lights were, they appeared the dead world. Some Norse people believed that the northern lights was a Bifrost. Yeah, so what is Bifrost? So in the Norse mythology, Bifrost is said to be a pathway between Asgard, which is the realm of the gods, and Midgard, which is earth, or the realm of the people. It was a pathway between the Asgard and the north, Asgard and the Midgard, so the gods of Asgard could travel to the Midgard to help people in the need. Uh, can you tell us about the Finnish people's point of views? So Finland has one of the best mythologies behind the Northern Lights. The Northern Lights in Finland are called Revonutulet, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, which means Firefox. The names come from a beautiful mythological animal called Firefox. It is said that these Firefoxes will run through the sky so fast 
that the large furry tails would brush against the mountains and create a spark that lit up the sky. So what's the Sami people's perspectives on the Northern Lights? So there are two mythologies for the Sami people. First one, for the Sami, the lights didn't tell the stories of heroism and bravery. Instead, they were feared and respected. The appearance of the Northern Lights was thought of bad omen by the Sami people because they thought that the lights were the souls of the dead and they shouldn't talk about the lights. They even think it's dangerous to tease them by waving, whistling or singing under the lights. It was believed that if you caught the light's attention, it would reach down to the earth and carry you in the sky or even slice your head off. To this day, many Sami stay indoors when the northern lights illuminate the sky. The other myth is that the Sami believe that their ancestors lived in the northern lights and were a force of nature like the god. And so, for the Sami people, it is important to be respectful for the northern lights to show respect to their forefathers. The northern lights in Sami were called Juo Sahas, I'm sorry again for the wrong pronunciation, which means audible light. Many believe that they can hear the crackling noises from the northern lights. Faith and superstition in the northern culture saw the lights associated with both blessing and good fortune, as well as fear and warning. Expectant mothers were promised trouble-free labor if they avoid looking at the lights during pregnancy. While tales of child snatchers and troubled virgins allowed to the more sinister association with the dancing lights in the night sky. There are more myths about the northern lights in northern Scandinavian, Iceland and Greenland myth. The Icelandic ancestors associate the northern lights with childbirth and said that it would relieve them from the pain of delivery as long as the expectant mom didn't look at the aurora or the northern lights while getting the birth. And if she looked at the lights, then the child would be born with crossed eyes. In Sweden, the northern lights were often seen as the portent of good news. Many Swedish forefathers believed that the lights were a gift from benevolent gods, providing them with the warmth and light in the form of volcano and local fishermen. The Swedish farming community saw the lights as hurling a good harvest in the coming year. The Greenland indigenous believed that the auroras were made of spirits of children who had died in the childbirth. Now these were all for the Norse people. I'm sure the North American people would also have some really good myths. Yeah, so it's like, it's very interesting how like the North American people and then the European people, even mm -hmm. though they're like very separated, Separate, yeah. they have like a lot of similarities. Like, mm -hmm. but I find what most interesting is in yours is like the like childbirth ones. Like I think yeah. that's like, I don't know, like, really, I wonder how many times, like, something like that had to happen for, like, a myth to come out about it, like, yeah, pretty the, sure. the crossed eyes, like, I wonder, yeah, that's pretty like, scary, because you cannot avoid looking at the northern lights. Like, yeah, I mean, especially giving birth, it's yeah. like, you're, like, worried about anything it, else. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But, no, I, like, I genuinely wonder, like, how many, like, accounts of that, like, they had to, like, be able to, like, correlate those together, like, connect them, yeah, for it to be, like, something they have to, like quote-unquote worry about when it comes to that but you know my only question was was the firefox search browser based off the firefox in the finish i think so that would that would be i'm not one sure one point the firefox bye bye internet explorer <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wonder if they like based that off of that that'd be interesting but yeah i think that was i think i really liked yours 
But the North American people, a lot of them saw it as, like, souls dancing, which I find really interesting because it's, like, I feel like so much of their culture, like, tied back into their ancestry and, yeah, like, into, like, the right. more, like, spiritual side of it. Mm-hmm. And um, they also saw it as, like, dead relatives. Like, they, like, could talk to the Northern Lights and that was, like, them, like, communicating with their ancestors or, like, dead relatives. Like, not, like, somebody above you, but, like, somebody, like, next to you. Like, next. oh, if you lost a sister, like... Yeah, like a family close relative. Yeah. Kind of like how we see cardinals think that it's dead ancestors. All right. Have y'all never heard of that? No. No. Really? That's something new for me. Interesting. Y'all know what a cardinal is, right? Yeah, like the red bird. Yeah. There's like a thing going on where it's like, oh, it's a dead ancestor and you see him. Oh, yeah. I always heard that. Like my mom would tell me when I was little. She would be like, like I I lost my dad. And she'd be like, that's your dad. Like, because we always like, oh, we had a ton of like red cardinals in our yard. All right, that's something new for me. <laughs> Thanks for giving me that information. You're welcome. But the Northern Lights were also called the Arxenirk, and it roughly translates in English to a ball player, which um, that's in like that's an Inuit name for it. And it's really interesting because a lot of them saw it as a ball game, like like a ball game, like soccer. Like mm-hmm. they kick around a walrus skull. Like the ancestors would be kicking around a walrus skull, and that's what would like light up the sky. Yeah, it's pretty interesting because we thought that soccer was invented by us, but the Inuit people already had a game like that. Yeah. Well, they thought they were playing, their ancestors were playing, sorry. Yeah, so that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Except we use like a rubber ball and not a skull. Well, I think it's not like, ready for that. like how hard would that be to like flip around, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like Probably break your foot. <laughs> but, and then another version, they saw it as like carrying torches to guide those still in this world. Like, you know, like the light from the torch the torch was what was still, like, lighting up the sky. All right. And you were kind of, like, you were led to believe, like, oh, like, there is another side, and, like, oh, we should, like, follow these. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, they attract you. Like, I want to go with them. The yeah, go marching one by one. All right, so what is the Alaskan view, point of view for the Northern Lights? Yeah, so the Alaskans, they saw the lights as, like, the spirits of the animals that they hunted, which I thought was really interesting because I find, like, like... I don't really know the word for it. like how humble of a culture they are like mm-hmm. they use like the full animal like from like their skin to their meat to their bones to the fat like they used all of it and they even saw like a spiritual side for it and I like I find that really interesting because I feel like in today's world like we're so wasteful like with what yeah. we like mass produce and like mass waste and like mm-hmm. they found like all uses like physical and like non-physical spiritual yeah, that's true cause it's true like they use the every part of their animal Mm-hmm. But for me, it's pretty scary because you see, we killed that animal and you see it's <laughs> now it's like up, up, in, the up sky. in the sky and it's haunting us. I'm like, I don't want to go outside in that thing. <laughs> so that's pretty scary. Well, It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope it just not comes down and eat us. And then you know how we had talked about like the Burroughs Point? Like the lady mm-hmm. had come in and like yeah. talked about that? Well, up there, they believed that it was like evil spirits in the sky. So they like uh, went see? as far to like carry knives on them to like yeah. ward off of the evil spirits. Uh, they thought they could cut the northern lights. That's pretty interesting for them. Yeah. I'm going to stab the boogeyman as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's the perspective of the Greenland's people? The Greenland's people? Um... DA talked about it a little bit, but, like, on the eastern side, they thought it was, like, children that had died at childbirth, which I find, like, really connecting, because it's, like, yeah. you're a grieving mom, you know, like, mm-hmm. try to put yourself in those shoes of, oh, you just lost a kid, like, through, like, yeah. a really hard moment of your life as well, 
and now it's like yeah like you can't talk to them but they're there like they're above you like yeah. they're watching over you so which, you can feel them they're there and be happy but it's pretty sad yeah and then they also see like um they like they saw these people that had died through a loss of blood mm-hmm. like those were the people that were up there which I don't know if it was meant as like the loss of blood was the lights like you know like all the spilled blood oh. was what would show up as in the sky but that's how like I kind of interpreted it when I researched it yeah cuz some of the northern lights have red color yeah. so that could be a connection like that pinkish yeah. yeah that could be something interesting and then like to meet in the middle the canadian like around like hudson bay i know it's not like in the circumpolar area as mm-hmm. much but they saw it as like lanterns of demons trying to like find lost souls like on like the physical earth which like that must be terrifying like yeah, looking up seeing these lights and then it's just like oh my gosh like demons are literally trying to hunt you yeah, like yeah. it's just like the same I mean, they thought that they'll kill them yeah. it is pretty connected the northern and the yeah. european people and then the last one of the canadians is like more tied to like the ancestral like they're not alone like mm-hmm. hey like we're still here like even though we're not like physically present like spiritually uh, they're watching you and yes. helping you yeah that's right yeah and that was the north american circumpolar perspective what about the russia well i have a question real quick mm-hmm. this like might sound a little bit whack but have either of you seen the fnaf movie uh the latest one Oh, the yeah. one that just came out. Yeah. No, well, I. Well, do you guys know anything about Fnaf? Yeah, I just I, know, I know a little bit. Daddy bears. Tell me why on. when I heard about the kid in the sky, I instantly thought of that and like the children's soul. Uh, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Like, because the Fnaf, the teddy bears are full of I don't know souls, evil well, souls, or is it a good movie? I haven't watched it. Sorry about that. Well, let's not get into that right now because <laughs> okay, it's so. a little bit morbid for this. <laughs> uh, we're we're gonna steer clear of that. All right. But. I'm going to talk to y'all about the point of view of the Russians. There's multiple different groups in Russia, such as the Dolgans, the Nanets, Sami, Kanti, the Chukchi, just multiple groups. But first, I'm going to talk to you about the Sami. So, like, DA mentioned that the Sami are in Europe. And, like, I also know that we went over that the Sami are in um, Russia as well. Like, they're kind Mm -hmm. of like a bi-country and continent. Mm-hmm. They used so, to travel a lot to somewhere in Europe and somewhere in Russia. Yeah. yeah. So, like, where are they located in Russia? And, like, what's their perspective on it? Well, they're in small villages located in the middle of the Kola Peninsula in the Murmanska region. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Of Russia between Olengorsk and Volozero. Sorry if I pronounced those wrong, too. I can't speak at all. 110 <laughs> kilometers from Murmansk. And sorry if I pronounced that one wrong, too. I suck at speaking. Oh, these circumpolar words are, like, hard. They are. They are. They are. And we can't pronounce them properly. <laughs> you can't expect me to speak a different language. I can barely speak English correctly. <laughs> it's hard half the time. Mm-hmm. But they have rich folklore and spiritual beliefs associated with the Northern Lights. And they often view the lights as celestial spirits, ancestors, or messages from supernatural realms. Which I'm interested in what... The supernatural realms are personally yeah i but, feel like that would be such like a like niche thing to dive into research on but i feel like it would be like so interesting yeah it feels like it would be up there with like the folklore of like greek mythology or norse mythology oh, yeah. yes you, like like the god of war yeah if you played the game there are many realms you can travel yeah so that's pretty fun you see you know i heard the next one's gonna be in egypt oh yeah that's pretty good oh like let's not go to games <laughs> we should focus on the but the games are cool. Yeah, they are, but 
but they're also considered powerful and awe-inspiring natural phenomenons that hold cultural and spiritual spiritual significance of these communities, which is just nicer than, you know, tossing around a seal head, personally. <laughs> yeah, either be happy and joyful and not playing fake soccer. Mm-hmm. But... All right, isn't the Chuchi in Russia too? So what is their perspective of the Northern Lights? Yes. They have their own little, not really mythology, but like folklore mm-hmm. called A Glimpse of Heaven. And they're mainly in Russia, and they believe the lights are an area of heaven rarely seen. The hope of those who died a violent death, which... I mean, the Chuchi sh- were like, I don't want to call them a violent people, but they, but were, they were like, yeah, they were very strong. And like, they, they stood, up, stood up against Russia. So yeah, and place, they were like, like the like the f- one, the one group of successful people. Yeah, they yeah. were the only one who stood up against Russia and won. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty... But I'm interested in what they call violent. Yeah. Is it like being kicked in the head with a seal soccer ball? <laughs> Does that count as violent? <laughs> I wonder if have... it's like a like died in war type of thing. Yeah. Like how like a lot of cultures like they have like uh, a separate thing for that. Like it's like oh, yeah. very high, highly respected. Yeah, yeah like in Norse like mythology, Norse they go mythology. to Valhalla. Yeah. Valhalla yeah. yeah, but old Russia texts from the 15th century also describe the Northern Lights as heavy armies fighting, which I guess plays into that. Like right. if you are dying in war you go to the northern lights but yeah it's crazy how different cultures see these lights i do i think but i also find it really interesting how even though like they're so separate they have like so many like overlaps like how so many of them see them as like ancestors or so many associate with them like with childbirth or with like death and so many even Mm -hmm. see them as sports yeah as soccer why do we keep coming back to the soccer? Hey, like, I think that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, like, you look up and you see children playing soccer, and you're just like, yeah, that's pretty sick. And I think we just focus on the knives and stab in the sky, personally. Uh, that one's more interesting That's also to pretty me. interesting, because, let's imagine you could just swing and there's a cut in the sky. Are they even right. throwing knives? I don't know. But they were, the knives were made of. Animal skin, right? The animal well, bones. Well, it was like the bones, bones up yeah. There. Yeah, so that's pretty sick. Is that how the whales got up there? They threw the knives and became a whale skull and they started playing soccer with it? <laughs> could, could be connected. We never know. We need to I hope it more is. about that. Welcome back to game theory. I'm just kidding. But. <laughs> all right, so thank you for listening to NKU Podcast. Yeah, thank you all. Thank you. Have a good day. A good weekend, guys.